I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. This is the second part of two featuring Steve Lowe from L13. If you've not yet listened to part one, stop where you are and go back and listen. It's an absolute belter. In this half, Steve tells us what Harry Adams, Billy Childish, Jimmy Courtney and Jamie Reid have got in store this year, what L13 have got going on as we speak, and even what's about to happen in Japan. And if you can't remember where we were at the end of the last episode, Steve was just talking about parental praise or how the lack or want of it can affect an individual throughout their life. So here's part two. So, yeah, so, like, you know, it has made me try very hard. But, you know, like I said, I was more into, you know, rebelling and doing yeah. things that I didn't need approval for. And I think, and I think, and it's something that um, I'm very aware that, that Billy had a very kind of difficult childhood. Yeah. And, and again, his brother was always trying to seek approval of his dad. And Billy had decided that he wasn't going to try and do that. And I think there is something about self acknowledgement. You know, yeah. it's like, I'm doing what I want to do in the way that I want to do it. And that is my my aim that yeah. you know I'm, I'm not too interested and that in, is breaking the shackles isn't yeah it? and i'm not into I, you know it's nice when people when i get a pat on the head you know yeah. but 
I don't need it. You know, it's, it's I'm not hungry for for that. Yeah. I'm hungry for doing what I think I should be doing and and doing it in the way that I think it should be done. Perfect. And so that's how I see. L13, is that what you just said there? Yeah, and that, that, that comes to even, you know, the, the way that we do things is, um, in, and actually this happened when we were in a band as well, it was like uh, we always recorded our set, we started off by, it's partly because we couldn't afford to go into a recording studio, so we just hired in recording equipment and worked out how to do it ourselves. <laughs> and I think I'm a little bit of a control freak, so when yeah. we started publishing prints and books, I found that the more that we gave we fielded out to it to other people to do it would come back not in the way that I wanted it to be yeah and you know or there'd be some breakdown in communication maybe I'm not a great communicator it would come back wrong so I felt the more that we can do and make ourselves the more control we'll have over yeah, it yeah and and again it's that punk DIY ethic and yeah. also we can do things really quickly you know it's like if you want to publish a book you go to a mainstream publisher they say well we'll start the development now and then maybe in six months we'll announce it then maybe in two years we'll actually publish the book yeah so i want it done next week yeah. you know I, we want to and bill is again like that and all the artists were like they just want to, to get on and do something and not sit around waiting so well, the attitude that you've got towards or work ethic however you may may look at it the three artists in l13 being jimmy jamie and billy They've all got exactly the same outlook as you, haven't they? Yeah, and and I think it was because because they were all on the margins of the mainstream. They were s somehow better known for other things other than making yeah, art. Yeah. So at the time, Billy was much better known for it as a musician. Yeah. Um, Jamie obviously was known for doing the Sex Pistols stuff. Yeah. Jimmy was known for being the KLF and burning a million quid. Yeah. So they all had these legacies, and they all wanted to have more attention paid to their what they're doing now, but had have these. And also, Billy had the whole thing of being Tracy Emin's ex, yeah. and, that, and tied in with the suckers, which was a huge cloud, which we had to somehow work through. Um, they didn't want to be artists in in the regular way. They didn't want to, you know, they, they hadn't gone to college, you know, done their MA, got their CV together, been studious, done all the 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 you know the brown nosing to get involved with the art world and curators. They were they would come from this more I suppose more pop culture background yeah. um, that was faster moving they had they understood the nature of collaboration because they'd either been working in design or in bands or with bands so there was always a, a, a shared ownership of the creation yeah. process that wasn't you know wasn't this I'm, a, I'm an artist and it's no. all about me yeah. They was rebelling against the establishment that they are very strongly a part yeah. of. Yeah, and you know, and also they, you know, just you know, you know, what great legacies to be to be part of. And yeah. now I'm of course interested in anything to do with counterculture. Well, at the time, I I liked the idea that what it was going against, even though I loved what it was going against. Mm. Um, I liked the idea that there was people. I, I'm, you know, I mean, from my background, I love a someone who's rebelling against something even if it's something i yeah i adore you know yeah but i didn't realize I, I must have seen it somewhere but even when i was talking to billy all these years later i didn't realize that he was in it for such a short time and was trying to get away from it and he was sort of nigh on being dragged back to it yeah you know. and it's partly because of the way charles thompson ran stuck is that he's you know he's a bit of a you know, monomanic megalomaniac, yeah, and he's, uh, and you know, he, he, you know, and he was, very, and he was very keen on publicity, and he knew that Billy was really good for publicity, yeah. so he would constantly kind of 
drag Billy into things, and uh, and Billy likes the attention, so <laughs> it's, a know, win, it's, it's a win-win or a lose-lose. And, and, and you know, and Billy was involved in writing the uh, the manifesto, and yeah. and if you read the manifesto, it is really yeah, is really yeah. good. But he wouldn't do any of the the the, the protests, and you know, and didn't like any of the art any of the others were making, and. Uh, you know, and Billy can't be part of a, a group unless it's his group. <laughs> so, and it was Charles Thompson's, you know, yeah. set up. And uh, and and to go back to the idea of you know rebelling or being being critical, back when I was at art college, and and I suppose it was because of the nature of the music I was into as well, which was, um, you know, kind of uh, I suppose quite arty, but quite you know, it was anti anti mainstream culture. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't trying to be pop music. It wasn't trying to entertain. It was trying to do something different. It was trying to, you know, you know, kind of ruffle a few yeah, feathers yeah. and and stir things up. So going into art college, I th- really thought that was the job of the artist was to be be critical, not to join in, to question everything, yeah. and ruffle some feathers. And that's what I thought was the job of the artist, not to encourage the bastards. You know, it was yeah, to yeah. try and stop them. You know, the, the, the idea of mainstream culture was. You know that was the enemy. I don't really care so much now. And I have worked worked out the only way that you can be involved in the art world is at best to be amoral. If you if you support actively, you're immoral. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you just if you just can't be bothered anymore because you're 56 and you're just, <laughs> you, you want to leave it to the younger ones, you know. So I it, you know I just say well you know I know that you know we sell paintings through some very large powerful galleries which sell to some very rich large collections yeah, around yeah. the world and I know that some of the people buying that artwork aren't going to be the type of people I particularly like on a political or moral level but it's you know it's redistribution of yeah, wealth of and you know and it, and it helps keeping keeps things moving along yeah. and you know as always it helps me it, it helps pay for me and Adam to have our playroom <laughs> here at L13 yeah. to do what we we like doing and justifying everything into my well view. exactly and and I think uh, and the model of of L13 and and the aquarium, which were the, were the call before, was always, you know, coming up with wanting to do things, and really it was like, how do we afford to do this? Yeah. And and you know, and there is you know a lot of pragmatism to work out how you make money and what is what is sacred, what isn't for making money, yeah. and what you can turn your hand to to make money. Yeah. And uh, and I think I'm I've always been quite good at I've been quite canny at saying. We can do this, this, and this, and that will make money. So with Jamie Reed, we'd do exhibitions. We'd never make any money from from his exhibitions. Yeah. He'd want to show the the uh, his paintings and stuff that people all people wanted from him were stuff course, relating yeah. to the to the punk aesthetic and to his political political edge or or particularly anything to do with the Sex Pistols. So we published prints which uh, provided what they wanted, yeah. which would make money to enable us to fund the exhibition, so he could show what he really wanted to do. I mean, how strong does his imagery from the 70s have to be that it's still so fucking relevant I know, 45, right. 50 years later? Yeah, I mean, it's, and I think, but, but I think that whole punk period was such a, uh, a pivotal moment in, in, in cultural history. Yeah. I think it was the last time the establishment were really scared about something a bunch of kids were doing. Yeah. Um, and they made that very, yeah. very visual, didn't yeah. they? And, was... and now they've learned, you know, the, the uh, people in power have worked out that you don't fight that kind of thing now. You encourage it, and yeah. you, you, and own, then it... you own it as quick as possible, yeah. sell it back. Well, that's like the rave culture, which was the next sort of yeah. punk thing. Yeah, that 
that come from nowhere, come from the underground, resurfaced out of the, yeah. out or, of the gutter. Of or with, like. with hip-hop, you know, you start, you start off with, you know, kind of Public Enemy and N.W.A., and then you've got bloody Vanilla Ice on top of the pops within five minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, and, uh, uh, it's, you know, they've worked out that, and even in, uh, in the time that I've been doing stuff with somebody like Jimmy, so like we're saying, he got into trouble with the Royal Mail for misusing their copyright material. Yeah. And they came down quite heavy and, you know, with cease and desist. And even when I started with him, they, you know, I've got a collection of cease and desist letters. Uh, and most of them have come via, via Jimmy. <laughs> um, if you ignore them, is it just like a game of chess? Would that, now it's your move. I'm not yeah, doing anything. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, I mean they're, they're, it's a lot of hot air. I mean, it, you could probably do a whole podcast just on, on the stories I could tell about meetings with the Royal Mail and... Uh, just running circles around with what they think is yeah. is their material when it's not. So actually, to give the example, so when I started working with Jimmy, the, the, what he got in trouble with was using the uh, the Machin bust, which was the image, the, the yeah. actual bust that somebody made of the Queen that they then used on the postage stamps. Yeah. And Jimmy's first ones were the, was of her, that bust with wearing a gas mask. Yeah. And looking like a stamp and they said you can't do that that's using our copyrighted material and initially he said okay fine uh, and he agreed to never do anything similar again that was part of part of the agreement so when i started working we said well let's see if we can find a way around it the workaround so we published some more stamps and jimmy found a bust in the british library that looked very similar nice to the machin bust but was of lady something or other yeah but once you put the gas mask on it looked pretty much the same yeah, yeah. so we, we did these, and then uh, the, the Royal Mail got wind of it, sent us a 21-page letter. Not only are you uh, using our copyrighted material, you're breaking your, your agreement not to do anything similar again. So we ended up going for a meeting at the, uh, at the Royal Mail with the, uh, the, the head of intellectual property, their designers, and their, another lawyer. And, um, and we went there, and, and we, we explained that, you know, well, it's not actually... We went there from your side. Of me and Jimmy. Brilliant. Just I me and Jimmy. And uh, we said, but, you know, but, and we explained it's not actually the Machin bust. And we said, it doesn't matter, it looks too much like... Yeah, that was their phrasing. Yeah. It was so widespread, yeah. wasn't it? And, uh, and said, OK, right. Uh, and then we said, well, OK, what would the parameters be? And said, if it didn't have perforations and it didn't look like a stamp. And they said, well, maybe. And so Jim said, look, what I'll do is I'll go away and I'll come up with some, some new designs. We'll come back and we'll see whether the, you'll allow these new designs. So we set up this other meeting and we went back and he came with a, a, a projector connected to his laptop and he projected this stamp and it looked exactly the same as the last thing. And they, and they, and they went, uh, no, you can't, you can't do that. And he said, OK, so um, if I remove the perforations, they would remove it. And the you know and the the lawyers were kind of saying well maybe because it's yeah. like that but ultimately it's still because of the gas mask it looks like what you did before so probably not and then Jimmy removed the gas mask and you could clearly see it wasn't the Queen yeah and then he put the perforations back and said now can we publish yeah. it and they went yes and then with a the click of it he put the gas mask back and he said now can we publish it and they went 
No. <laughs> One of the the post office, the Royal Mail team started giggling. <laughs> yeah, and they knew they'd yeah. lost. And yeah, and and in the end, you know, we just went away and carried on what we were doing, and they just left. And actually, no, they. The, the last cease and desist letter was when we, <laughs> we there was a Royal Mail strike and we uh, Jimmy did the scab stamps yeah. that we, uh, we 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 published and again it had the machin the silhouette just the silhouette uh, on that and we said that we'd we'd printed thirty thousand of these stamps and we'd sent them all through the the Royal Mail system including we sent loads to the Prime Minister and the head of the Royal Mail. <laughs> And uh, and obviously they didn't like that, and they sent us a, a long letter <laughs> saying, you know, kind of, you can't, do, you know, stop this, and we just ignored that one. Um, and nothing come of that. No, no. Uh, and th- and then with Billy, I got a cease and desist from from Penguin when we we published a book for his poetry. It was all based on a D. H. Lawrence book of poems yeah. that was uh, published by Penguin, and he and he wrote it to. to follow the same format and it would be great to actually make the penguin book so we yeah. did this and it's part of an exhibition we did <laughs> and uh they they wrote to us and said you you can't do that and uh and we said okay well uh it's part of this exhibition we explained and they and they were actually really i said okay as long as you just stamp it with uh you know kind of this is not an official penguin yeah, yeah. penguin book and and at the end of the exhibition uh, can you destroy or, or send no can you send us the books to be destroyed and uh we um decided well we don't trust them to destroy the books so we had our, held our own burning, <laughs> uh, and ceremony the burning thing is so, yeah yeah so like embedded with authority isn't it? yes exactly so uh so but what we as l13 what we've always been quite good at is is if if we run into problems what we do is we run with the problem yeah, and actually we did it with with uh, a friend of ours, Michael uh, Curran, who runs Tangerine Press, and he published a book of Billy's poetry, and uh, there was a and he had them all printed, and when he got them back, there was uh, a misprint on the cover, and Mike was a real perfectionist, and he was he was heartbroken, you know, it's like it's like it's, you know that's just a waste of seven hundred quid, and yeah, we have to get yeah. them all redone. Uh, I think there was a, an error inside as well, so he's going to have to get the whole print run redone. And he, you know, he came to me crying, and I said, "Well, why don't you do something with the uh, the books to, you know, rather than destroy them, we'll do something with them, and we'll make the money back for you to pay for the, the print yeah. run." And he said, "No, I can't do. It. I can't look at the books." So I'll do it for you. So we made the 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 uh, the, the special edition in a box with uh, so with fun. a little tale about Michael coming to yeah. come to to me crying like a big hairy baby <laughs> and uh, and we made him the, the you know the 900 quid or 700 quid really? he needed to do the do the uh, the 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 print run again which is why we need Elfa Ina out there it's yeah. fucking brilliant it's beautiful many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Artists. Mm. You've got your, your artists around you, but a question that I ask each guest is uh, if there was five artists past and present, what would your ideal group show be? Ooh. <laughs> that's, that's really difficult because, and it really does come down to that, I'm not that keen on art or artists. Right. As soon uh, as you mentioned this earlier on, I thought well, this question's going to be a hard And I would to have answer. to say it would be an L13 yeah. show. It'd yeah. be something that I put together of, you know, the artists I work with. Yeah. I think that'd be the best show ever. But that would be so you and five others, and there's only you and four others. Yeah, no, but <laughs> there'd be there'd be me and Adam, that's one, I suppose. Jamie, Jimmy, Billy. No, Jay, Jay, yeah. Jimmy, so it's four. And then Sophie, She's uh, she does photographs under the name of Foxtrot Lightning and uh, more political graphic workers... Uh, sister, voila, of course. Uh, voila, I know, I knew there was and there a, is the answer, yeah. voila. Um, and she's collaborated with with uh, Jamie on some some uh, some posters and prints. So, so even, yeah, so even so in your imaginary exhibition that you could have anywhere, you're excluding I, everyone from it. And yeah, because you know, and I think it's just that thing of I'm not, you know, it's uh, and it's it is weird. I'm just on the whole, I'm just not that interested in. In the wider, I, I I go to see art shows now. I take my my daughter who's seventeen. She's at art, just starting out at art college. Nice. And I like going to museums and exhibitions with her because she's not as jaded and cynical as me. <laughs> and she gets a, a genuine. She, I can see the excitement. She's really interested. You're in looking. Stuff. You're looking from different eyes. Yeah, thanks so, to her. Yeah. yeah. And likewise, I'd go to the cinema with her and you know see so really does, atrocious films. Does, but because <laughs> I could, it was like seeing it through her eyes. Does I that could, allow you to step out of yourself for yes, a moment? Yeah. And even enjoy yeah. things that you don't enjoy. Yeah. And my my girlfriend like is a lot more of a, an art fan. You know she. You know and I. Again, I can start appreciating stuff because she likes it. Yeah. And also, when me and Adam started painting as Harry Adams, we would make the... And in fact, when I, around our birthday, rather than do an exhibition, well, we'd always have a day tri- uh, a field trip to go and see some shows. Uh, so we'd go... We'd end up mostly in the pub. Of so course. we'd end up really pissed by the end of it. Um, but we'd go to somewhere like the National Gallery and, you know... And I prefer the older, the older stuff, and you know, and I like anything up to the, you know, the modernist period. Yeah. After it all gets a little bit, starts getting a bit jaded for me. Um, and uh, but even with that, I'd go to to you know the National Gallery or the or the or Tate Britain and be looking at all this stuff, and all I could see is just rooms and rooms of disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you know, it's like, you know, because I know what I'm like if I'm looking at my own yeah, work. All yeah. I can see is oh, the, the, what, how it's not really that good. And I thought, you know, it's like, and I'm looking at it, yeah, it's not really that good, yeah. is it? You know, and actually I've got a great, a great, a great story about my, my daughter when she was little. Now she's a little bit more open to uh, art and culture and is interested in, in, uh, in finding out more. But, when we were little, we went on holiday to uh, Oslo and we went to the Munch Museum 
and uh, and by this point I was a little bit more engaged and I've you know because of Billy I was interested yeah, in Munch yeah. and they had this exhibition of the Van Gogh paintings that Munch had been uh, influenced yeah, by yeah. so they had the Van Gogh and Munch and I thought well I've got to go and see it's just of for course. Billy yeah um, we went along and you know it's like within five minutes I was on my about the second painting my daughter she's I don't know seven at the time she said Dad Dad can we go on board <laughs> I said what. Well, why don't you go and have a look at all the paintings and come back and tell me which one's your favourite? So I'll just keep her occupied. And she says, I've already seen them all. They're all rubbish. They're worse than your paintings. <laughs> and that's the, uh, yeah, that's your critic's choice. Yeah, yeah. Worse than your paintings. Is that what you'd, uh, you'd have on your gravestone, do you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah. And actually, and what I discovered that, because, you know, I'm quite curious about artists like, Monk, and I found going to the Monk Museum and, and looking what he did, the paintings that I liked best were his worst ones. Okay. Not the, the, the ones that everybody yeah, liked, the, yeah. the blockbuster ones. I like the ones which I thought, why, why did he do that? But do you like that, them because they're not the, the best known ones? I possibly, and I just, because I'm curious as to why, what it was that made him do that or leave it like that. And so, you know. If you saw that in a skip and it wasn't Monk, you didn't, and Monk didn't exist, you'd think that can stay in the skip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because it's now in a museum and it's by Monk, it's got this lauded status, you think, what is it about this? That, yeah. And I think, you know, and, you know, and I like the fact that I'm, it's making me question that. Yeah, no, that's good. And uh, that's good. whereas the stuff that everybody likes, oh, you know, it's a Monk, <laughs> isn't it? Is that because you're. Uh... The artistic genius that I you think are. It's, I'm, just, I'm, a nat, I'm a natural born contrary. Oh no, I actually, it wasn't this this year. It was last year. We had a family get together. Again, my daughter loves recounting. My dad's, you know, had a you know half bottle of wine and said, you know, the thing with Steve is born awkward. <laughs> born awkward he was. But that's like that's with the four of you, um, Harry Adams and the other three. That is as if you've got all of those awkward annoying kids from every yeah, school yeah. and they've made their own little gang yeah yeah and they're, yeah all yeah. very like-minded people who are spending their time sort of just irritating the, the world outside them yeah. Yeah. yeah perfect and what do you think you'd like to do if you wasn't an artist when we'd moved to Farringdon Road so it must have been about 2007 and I did an interview for some magazine and uh, they they asked me what uh what is your ambition as an artist and I suppose I was a gallerist at the yeah, time yeah. Uh, and, and I said to stop making art and at the time I said and, uh, and have a pig farm <laughs> <laughs> since then I've worked out that I don't think I could go through with with killing pigs I'd still I'm not I couldn't I consider myself a failed vegetarian yeah when I was younger I, I, I was vegetarian but again I think it was mostly to irritate my dad um, <laughs> But ideologically, I'm a vegetarian. I think human beings should have evolved out of... Yeah. And it's not so much the killing of animals to survive, it's the, the factory farming and the industrialisation and, and the cruelty that's involved in that. And I wish that I didn't like meat so much and I could be vegetarian. But I don't... Th and originally I thought, well, I have a pig farm and I can, you know, raise pigs. Yeah. But I, th I think I'd fall in love with the pigs too much. So it would become an ever-growing pig farm and I'd have to stop breeding them and then it'd become Brilliant. awkward. But now, that was in 2006, and I think I'm somebody who doesn't really doesn't need art uh, to be happy. I've, you know, I could be I could be a, a builder, you know. Uh, and actually, another artist that I work with, Neil Jones, who's a very very good painter. I did a couple of shows with him, published a book, 
he had a real love-hate relationship with the art world and felt compelled to, to, to make art and he ended up working with another gallery and was very unhappy doing it. And I said, well, why didn't you just, you know, kind of stop making art for a bit? And he had this thing of, he had this thing of being the lone artist and he, yeah. he worked by himself and he, and he struggled with himself making this art. And I just said, but just, you know, do something else. And at the time I'd made a, uh, just finished making a, uh, I called it the, a prison for, for, our, for my daughter's rabbits at the time. Because <laughs> we'd let them run free, but they just ate everything. Of course. So I made an enclosure. And of course, you know, being slightly creative, I made it quite, quite nice. <laughs> and I said, that to me was as good as making a painting. Yeah. And I don't, you know, and it doesn't really matter to me. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm cooking or making something, being creative, I could make music, you know. So it's the creative process that's creative a part process, of you, not, yeah. the, not the end product, yeah. if you like. Yeah, and also, you know, and for me, the best thing about the creative process is the community of friends and artists or people that you end up working with. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, it's, you know, it's, it's I was, I was never very interested in, in, in the idea of a family unit. And I used to say when I was young and rebellious, I didn't choose my f family. I mean, I, I really like my, my family and, you know, I love them, you know, and I really love my parents now, but I had a huge problem with all of them for most of my adolescence. And, uh, and so, you know, with the friends I made, I choose those. I did not choose my family. I did not yeah. choose to be raised in the way I was. I didn't, you know, I, and so this is all about me, you know, creating my... So you're my, still rebelling all these years Yeah, later, or, or I'm, I'm just trying to f find the world that I'm comfortable in. Yeah. And I think, you know, through L13, I've I found the people I'm comfortable with and and the activities that I'm comfortable with. You found with. your own family. Yes, yeah. Like. And, yeah, you have to pinch myself sometimes. I've, I can't believe that I'm allowed to do what Brilliant. I'm doing. And, of course, I would like more... I'd, I'm still looking for, for more pats on the head. So, <laughs> you know, so I, if a gallery came along and said, well, Harry Adams, we're going to give you a yeah. major major exhibition, I'd be more than happy. But otherwise, we'll just carry on doing what we're doing in the way that we're doing. Of course. Perfect. Waiting for that um, that cash cat to come walking. Yes, yeah. Walking and, and in the meantime, because we do all the not Banksy stuff, which makes a lot of money. Well, that's what I was going to come to. Mm. I remember seeing the not Banksy... And laughing, and the guy I was with wanted to get one because what if it is? And and I said, well, that's the fucking point. And I and I said, it's pointed at people like you and people like me. And I want it for the opposite reason as you want it. You know, I want it because it's fooling people who think it might yes, be. But yeah. then, how do I know that it's not? Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> you know, maybe it is. Yeah, and I think we've been doing it for so long now that I think if there had ever, if there was going to be a bigger reveal, it would have happened by now. You've not had a cease but, and desist off of Banksy No, no, yet. but I, we, we did have, I had one email from Pest Control only a couple of years ago, and that was because some pieces had been turning up in, in auction in, in Europe, and people had bought them, had then sent them to Pest Control for all to be oh, authenticated. Okay. And... Uh, you know, and we make it as clear as possible. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that that was part of the game. And we it was you know, we knew we, to begin with we were being a bit cheeky because we knew that the more we said it wasn't that possible, <laughs> the more they'd yeah, believe yeah. that it was. So but as it time went on, we'd just make it really clear that, you know, we're you know, we're making them, it's really obvious. Uh, we're, we're taking the piss and having a bit of fun and also we're making pieces which are much better than Banksy. Yeah. So, you know, well, that's so the when trouble we're with Banksy being a myth, people 
perceive that myth yeah. to be. Yeah. So, but anyway, so we got I got an email from pest control, uh, and they're saying we've got these these things, and because they're being sold in to non English speaking, even though to us it's clear that it yeah. says not Banksy, not by Banksy, they think uh, you know they think it they they're not convinced. And I said, well, look, you know what you can do is like we'll refund it if you know they want their money back. We'll refund them. We'll yeah. buy the work back from them at whatever they they paid it, and we'll work. You know, we'll try a little bit harder to to make sure that the certificates. So now we stick the certificate on the back so they can't be separated. Yeah, and you know, so we make it as clear as possible that they're. And you know, and it's important to us that people know that we're, you know, we're the the artists. Yeah. You know, it's uh, that has also gone through some name changes, and oh, I wrote yeah. the name changes down just this morning so that I knew there was half a dozen, and it turns out there's more than half a dozen. And yeah. can you remember the names that it started or the progression? Well, yeah. So it was not Banksy for, for up until 2009, when when we did actually stop because we we were finding it a little bit tiresome that of people, course, yeah. yeah, and we didn't want to, we didn't want to be tricking people, and we felt that too many people were buying it for the wrong reason, yeah. so we just stopped and we didn't do anything for ten years. And then because things were turning up in, in auction and going for more money, and also people were faking our stuff and saying they were by Harry Adams or by STOT 21st And they were obviously not because they were shit. And people were buying them thinking they were buying... And this was, is, but this that, is mad! What was they selling at? Uh, you know, anything from a few hundred quid to up to thousands. So you they're know. faking the fake. Yeah, and and so this is nuts because anybody can be not Banksy. Yeah. So I so, thought, well, we better we'll start again. And so, but we said that not Banksy was dead, so we can't be not Banksy, and that's how it's. So we'll be not not Banksy, and that's quite good because it's a ne- yeah. double negative. And uh, and then we did a, an actual exhibition. Then we'd so be really good if not, not Banksy died on the eve of his first <laughs> exhibition and couldn't do any more. And then, so we did that. And then we thought, actually, it'd be really good if um, we could continue this because we've made quite a lot of money. Uh, and it's really good fun. So then we came back as the new Not Banksy realisation. <laughs> and then on the, in between that, there'd been the continuity Not Banksy. Uh, and then, oh my God! What's the International Neo Not Banksy, Banksy Artist Alliance, Anatist Alliance. <laughs> oh, was it? Sorry. Yeah. So an, now, Anatist uh, is is a coin uh, a term coined by Marcel Duchamp to to describe his position as an anti art artist. Oh, okay. So and oh, I quite and of course that. it's like Perfect. anarchists and yeah. and so we uh, and also I discovered a um, there's a group that I can't find any reference to anywhere else. Uh, other than there's, uh, there was a show about Russian Dada uh, that I went to with my girlfriend in Madrid, and I bought the the catalogue, and we nicked a whole load of text off the, one of their really dense wall texts for one of our uh, one of our catalogues, um, which uh, is one of my favourite pieces of writing that we did around the Not Banksy story. But there was a group called the Nothingists in Brilliant. in Russia. And the only reference I can find it is in this catalogue. So we are now neo nothingist anatist artists, or not even artists. Um, so yeah, so we, you know, I love all of that. And, stuff of, and the last one that I read was the new not Banksy Land of the Rising Sun. That is what? for Japan. I, and and I, I, I think that, yeah. yeah. So and it's the. Uh, so is it a splinter group? It's it's become a splinter group. Yes, yeah. and we've actually got two exhibitions coming up in Japan this year uh, both in, in in Japan it's really weird the way they do 
uh, they have their gallery. The galleries seem to be part of um, commercial galleries are part of department stores. Oh well, okay. So, so we've got two not Banksy uh, exhibitions in department stores in one in Super. Osaka at the end of June and one in in October in Tokyo. Are you going to be out for those, or uh, we? I'm, we're trying to work it out. We might actually go out and make some work, especially yeah. for for them. Um, but yeah, we started working with a, a gallery in uh, Miyazaki, which is uh, in the south. It's a small small city in the south of the the island, and uh, he it just started off him selling a few of our bits, and he then we ended up doing stuff specially for you know commission yeah, specially yeah. for, and we really like the idea that there's stuff being produced in Japan that's, you know... Because when we were kids, getting a Japanese import record was, like, really, yeah, yeah. really, uh, really special. So and that's a whole different market. Yes, yeah. Oh, actually, I'll tell you what was really funny is that he first contacted us asking if he could buy some Not Banksy and said, because he owned some, and then he sent me the ones he owned and they were fakes. Brilliant. And I said, yeah, but those aren't actually by us. And then he ended up, you know, we have developed a bit of a relationship. And, Super. Uh, and at the time, but again, my daughter is a big influence in my, my life and everything I do. She uh, was obsessed with Japan at the time and, and East Asia, and she's uh, desperate to, to go there. So I said, look, I'll, I'll build up this relationship with this gallery in Japan, then that'll give us a good, t- good excuse to go to, uh, <laughs> to Japan at some point. So that's, that was my main, main motivation. Well, I've got saying that about fakes. I've got a, a friend called David Henty. Um, he's a he was a forger. Um, he's now a copyist, and uh, on the front of his house, he's got um, he got a blue plaque, and it said uh, David Henty painted more Lowrys than Lowrys. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had any problem with with people copying. Actually, I had it when I was art college. That, you know, somebody noticed that somebody in the art college had done something very very similar, and they did, actually took me to look. Look, he's copying you, and I said, oh, that's great. You know, so it's you know, it's you know, it's he might have just had the similar shit idea. Well, well, that was my attitude when I got told that um, a thing called the Empathy Museum were doing something exactly the same as a project that I'd been working on for mm. several years. So I would ask an artist to send me a pair of their shoes, along with a written piece of text about something they've had on their mind for years, something they've done wrong something they've sort of kept away and it's been getting you down, give it to me and I'll walk a mile in your shoes. Then I got told that this empathy museum were doing it and I said to someone, look, I didn't invent walk a mile in your shoes, Yeah. that phrase. I'm very aware that it's a common thing. They've probably just had the same idea yeah, yeah. and that was exactly my attitude. Just me being inquisitive, I went and looked at the empathy museum online and it is this, it's, it's a transient a museum you know rather than a building mm. and I've looked at all the people involved and there's curators and there's accountants and you know as these big structures have and then it goes up to trustees and you know and then when I looked at the CEO it turns out he's a an author of um, books on empathy mm-hmm. and I saw him on TV six or nine months previous and when he was talking about empathy that's when I had my sort of moment of going that's the word that unites all of my mm. work so I contacted him and said, look, just seeing you on telly and hearing you speak, you know, it made me have this realisation. This is a project I'm doing at the moment and blah, blah, blah. Told him about this project. He tweeted the project and I had loads of people I didn't know contacting me saying, oh, what a beautiful project. Mm. And 
like you're saying, I've got yeah. these little pats on the head and yeah, I yeah. felt, you know, I was sitting there wagging my tail. And then I hear about this project and like I just said, I sort of, I've said, oh, it's, you know, it's not mine, not mine. When I saw that it was him, I was like, you fucking bastard. <laughs> I told you the project and nine months later, yeah. you're, you're bringing it out. That, that's when I stopped being yeah, nice yeah. and inquisitive. Yeah. And, but, um, yeah, I still done nothing about it. Yeah, you know. exactly. I mean, what is there to do about yeah. it? And, you know, it's like, and it's, uh, you know, we, we get it, you know, people have done, you know, like Jimmy makes a riot in a, you know, riots and jam jars. And, and we sit, loads of people are now, you, know, you see them all over, people doing little yeah. models. They're ne never as good as Jimmy's. Of course. And I think that's a bit, and people, look, look, he's copying Jimmy. I said, yeah, but that'd be like, you telling Harry Adams that they're, they're, they're copying Van Gogh because they're, <laughs> they're using oil paints. Yeah. You know, a painting is a painting. And <laughs> yeah. they're traditions that you can work within. And, you know, yeah. and just because, uh, you know, Van Gogh painted flowers doesn't mean we can't. No. Uh, you know, it's like, it's, uh, it's, 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 all, it's all fair game as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, and I, I you Until know, you and obviously, but, <laughs> well, it's, and again, I don't, you know, to, I mean, the, with the Not Banks and stuff, my only concern was they were rubbish. And people were spending good money th buying yeah. them, thinking they were by us. You know, it's like not realizing that they. It's a bit, there's no joke, and there's no. St what we love to do with the Not Banks is there's always a, a backstory. There's always a bit of a story to go yeah. with it. Yeah. There's always a, an inherent joke or piss take in in the within the work. Of course. And you know, and we and we try to weave some kind of nonsense around what we're doing. Which a lot of the time, so, that just, I mean, the guy I was with, they yeah. just installed in that they possibly could be because you're trying to really make me look as though, it, or yeah. trying to make it look as though they aren't. Yes, yeah. Which um, made him want to buy one <laughs> even more. And just lastly, anything coming up for yourself, L13? I know there's bucket loads. Yeah, yeah, I, we're always, we're always, and usually this time of year is, is more quiet, uh, but we, we've got the, uh, the re, the reinvention of STO T21st E Plan B, which you're now allowed to. Be, I always would say you could have to say the full name, but people would always call us Stock 21. Yeah. And now we've decided that the St 21st C Plan B bit is silent and you can say Stock 21. So okay. there's a Stock 21 new website and an exhibition called Revelations 1331, The Fish Island Prophecies Revealed, is opening on Tuesday, the 13th of uh, February and running to the thirteenth uh, of March at the Black Cube Gallery on Fish Island, and good luck to anybody who actually finds the, uh, the Black Cube Gallery because the entrance is very difficult to find. Uh, but yeah, you can find details of that on on our website. Perfect. And other than that, uh, Jim is working on a, a a book which we'll publish later in the year. Jim is, Billy's got an exhibition at the Carl Friedman Gallery later in the year, so he's painting for that. We'll probably be doing some prints yeah. at some point and other projects. Very often we don't know what we're going to do next month. You know, some people say, Brilliant. well, what, what, what are your plans? So I don't know. But Something by, come up. By the, time, <laughs> by the time we get there, we usually have more than, more than we can cope with. Good. So, uh, but at the moment, we're heads down organising the uh, Stock 21 show. And is Jamie doing anything? Have you got anything? I've got nothing currently lined up with, with Jamie, but we, uh, we're always saying that we should do something again. So undoubtedly, we will at some point this year. Perfect. Do something. And where can anyone find... Harry Adams L13, be it social media or website. Uh, well, if you Google L hyphen one three, 
uh, you will probably find plenty. And if you add light industrial workshop, you'll find even more. But the uh, L13, L-13.org is our website. And of course, we've got Instagram, Facebook. I believe there's a, a, a Twitter account, although I never, I never look at it. <laughs> I love that. I believe there's one. Yeah. Um, Sophie's in charge of all that stuff. Good. Well, that's all my questions done, and I have loved this conversation. Oh, Steve. Well, thanks very much. Thank you, you very much. Oh, thank you. Well, hope you enjoyed that episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. So we wasn't dictated to by advertisers. We decided from the offset to go ad-free, which means, obviously, we had to self-fund. So we set up the Ministry of Arts Patreon page. And without that support, we would not be able to produce this podcast. So if you like what you hear and you're able to support the podcast, just go over to the Ministry of Arts Instagram profile. You'll find a Linktree drop-down box, which will direct you straight to our Patreon page. And for the price of a cup of coffee, you can help keep us growing week by week. But if you're not able to do that, that's fine because this content is free for everyone. But leaving a review on whichever platform you listen to your podcast, that really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast. Or even giving us a positive shout out on your social media. Everything is appreciated. But either way, thanks for listening. And until next week, sad art. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.